Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft and my guest today is Corey Keane. Uh, Corey um, recently won the Quest for the Crest uh, 50K um, and uh, has a great story. Um, he is an amazing individual. You'll hear all about his uh, trials and tribulations from qualifying for the Olympic marathon trials by uh, running a 105 half marathon, which is blazing fast, obviously, um, and then unfortunately sustaining an injury, not getting to go to the Olympic trials, and skipping right over the marathon and into the world of 50Ks. Um, really awesome guy. Great, like I said, just great story, his background and things that have gone on his life. Um a million things have have gone on since I have last talked to you guys. Um, I am um, my big news is I am in to Hard Rock. I got into Hard Rock. I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode in the conclusion. Um, but I want to first present to you my conversation with Corey Keene. <laughs> As I said in the introduction, I am welcoming to the show Corey Keen. Corey, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Had a good run earlier today and uh, got a got a nap in, so that's <laughs> always good to get a good nap after a hard workout. <laughs> awesome. Um, Corey and I are recording on Wednesday, June 2nd, just to give everybody an idea of, of when this was recorded in case things change uh, in the time between now and when this podcast is released. But um, Corey, if you would just kind of start by uh, by telling us who you are, uh, where you came from, and how you got into the sport of running. Yeah. So currently right now, I am a part of Mountain Running Company here in Boone, North Carolina. And so I've been working with them for about a year. Uh, enjoy getting to talk about running on a daily basis and nerd out about shoes and uh, treat it a lot as a health profession. So that's what I'm currently doing. Uh, as far as like when I got into running, <laughs> my first official race was three days before I turned three. So <laughs> I saw my parents run as runners and they never pressured me into it. I just saw them doing it and I wanted to do it. And so I ran a mile race at that age. I think it took me like 17 minutes or something like that. And, nice. uh, and so that was kind of the first official competition, but I didn't really train, train for running until I got to high school. Up until that point, I just ran because I enjoyed it. So. Right on. Uh, talk about your parents a little bit. Uh, what what level were they into the sport? How, what, you know, what kind of racing did they do and such? Yeah, so uh, they both competed at a NAI school in Kansas, eastern Kansas. Um, and at NAI, they have the marathon at a national level, so... My dad was a marathoner, um, and then my mom was a half miler. So <laughs> uh, quite the quite the range for them. Um, and uh, yeah, shortly after college, they didn't really have good coaching, so they had lots of issues with their body. They also didn't wear good shoes, which was another reason why uh, working with mountain running company is I want to keep people healthy. And I've seen what it does to not have the right gear um, with my own parents. And so if I can avoid that or help other people avoid that, then I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Um, what, uh, what were the PRs for, for your parents? Uh, I think my mom was 
218 800 meter runner um and then my dad was like a 240 marathoner Um, okay so so they were they were pretty decent though my mom had no not a single competitive bone in her body she told me that she felt bad when second place would run with her the whole race uh she felt bad like out leaning a person actually i i don't get that i've lost a lot of races to to being out leaned but not because i let them out lean me <laughs> uh, so talk about your high school experience um you know what what brought you what brought you into the sport in high school um well i i did a little bit of cross country racing in middle school and just okay. enjoyed being out and racing on the grass i never really liked track that much and uh so when i got to high school i really just wanted to compete in cross country. Uh, unfortunately track kind of comes along with that. Um, I got to liking track a little bit more as I went along, but uh, cross country was really my main love. Even throughout college, that was kind of my, my thing. So it's not surprising that I got into trail, the trail realm eventually. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, you grew up in Kansas. Um, were, were you aware of the, uh, the legends of Kansas, uh, you know, like the Jim Ryan's and the Billy Mills? Yeah. And, yeah. I'd met Jim Ryan yeah. multiple times. He'd usually come out to like the state track meet and, uh, he'd show up cool. at some cross country meets. So yeah, I got to meet him a few times and he's a real, real cool guy. And, um, yeah. Nice. So for those that don't know Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan was the first uh, high schooler to break the four minute mile. Um, And Billy Mills was a Native American that uh, received the gold medal in the 10K. I believe he's the last American to get the gold medal in the 10K. And I think that was 1960. Do you remember 62? I couldn't tell you exactly. I'd have to look that up, but uh, Billy Mills scored the last American gold for us. And he ran for the university of Kansas. Amazing story. He has a movie out there and he does a lot of great things with uh, awareness for the indigenous tribes of America, which is, you know, he's, he's an outstanding individual. I've met him a few times as well. Um, really, really amazing story. Um, so yeah, Kansas, amazing, <laughs> yeah, amazing history. Um, and so high school, how, um, how was it? Did you have a good experience uh, with high yeah, school? Yeah, uh, I didn't necessarily have a coach who quite knew what he was doing. Uh, he's a good, good man. Um, just wasn't really sure how to coach athletes. And so I, I really didn't, I didn't know how to train until I got to college. <laughs> we uh, basically raced three times a week. So uh, yeah, we would do what it was called a pace per mile which was more or less a race. There was no pacing involved. Uh, so I would pretty <laughs> much race three mile on Monday, a three mile on Wednesday, and then uh, an official 5K on Friday at competition. So I actually wasn't that fast of a runner in high school. I think my fastest 5K in high school was in practice running 1640. That competition was like a 1650. So I wasn't a very... I wasn't, you know, the top recruit in the state or anything else. Yeah. Not that great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And where, where did that bring you? To um, so I ended up running at Fort Hayes State University. It was a D2 school in the middle of Western Kansas, um, which is a really good fit for me. It's a smaller community, cheap tuition. So that was part of it. <laughs> um, and I had a coach there who knew what he's doing. He was a very high mileage coach. So, 
I went from, you know, running like five miles a day in high school and spending most of my high school career injured. Not surprising. Typical high school student of overtrain, run on injuries, you know, that whole brutal cycle of stress fractures, Achilles strains, all that. Um, and then I ended up going to 4A state and had a coach who looked at me uh, early on and he said, do not run faster than the top guys in on easy days. He's like, and don't even do it on hard days. He's like, if you want to run faster than them uh, at races, do that. But while you're at practice, I don't ever want to see you in front of them. And that was, it sounds like an odd thing to say, but that was probably one of the wisest things he could have said because coming from my background, yeah. I didn't know anything. Um, and I needed to learn how to slow down. Easy days in high school look like six minute pace. Uh, in college, my coach said, I don't want you running faster than seven minute pace. And that's where I saw a 1450 indoor 5K time pop out within a year after graduating high school. <laughs> So it turns out easy days are incredibly important. And I'm convinced now that uh, yes. easy days are the hardest things for runners to do. Anybody can go kill a workout. It's a good boost to your ego, uh, makes you feel good about yourself, makes everybody else around you, you know, be impressed with you, proud of you. But it's the easy days that are incredibly difficult. Um, but they're what make you make you fast. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I've said that quite a few times <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> that the easy days have to be easy because that's where your adaptations are made from the hard days. Um, so yes, I totally agree. I, in college, I was the, the black sheep. Um, you know, we were of the, the program that, you know, just like you were in high school that, you know, even the easy days were still fast and hard and, you know, I, I needed recovery. <laughs> like I couldn't, I just couldn't do it, you know? So I just made my, my slower days like easy, you know, I, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry guys. Like the, when they started picking it up, I was like, I'm going to turn around and just go back. So I don't get caught up in this. It was a race, you know, every, we should have <laughs> just had singlets on. It was a race every, every run, you know, it was a, a matter of pride. Uh, when you look back at it, you know, who's, who's the top dog and, yes, you know, who's yes. going to win the run. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it, I realized pretty quickly that I needed, you know, to take my, my easy days easier. And, you know, that's what I reiterate to my athletes on this podcast is just, you know, and I've said it time and again, that if Kipchoge can do nine thirty per mile for a recovery run, <laughs> I think all of us <laughs> can run yeah. at least nine thirty miles <laughs> or slower on our easy days. Um, so it, you know, if, if we look at the best in the world, you know, uh, the Kenyans, the Ethiopians, they are definitely, you know, advocates of taking the easy day easy. So I, <laughs> I don't mean to harp on that, but I think that's a great point. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that up. So 1450 freshman uh, year, where did it go from there? <laughs> well, the, uh, uh, the first time I could have broken 15 was at an indoor track meet at the university of Nebraska. And, uh, I ended up getting to disqualified because my teammate and I got lapped by a guy running 14 flat flat and he passed us the exact same oh. time we hit the line and so the bell rang and we didn't realize we got passed and so we both sprinted to the line 
and we hit 4,800 meters and we stepped uh, off the track. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, yeah, that was. Yeah, that's that's a tough rule. Uh, yeah, and just so everybody listening understands, you know, it's a 200 meter track. So we're not talking your standard outdoor track or a shorter track. And, it, you know, it, the, the, you know, people getting lapped, it comes a lot quicker, obviously, because of that. And uh, some, you know, tracks, it depends on how many people are in a heat. They have a rule. If you're lapped, you have to step off the track. Um, that's, you know, unfortunate rule. And they actually didn't make us step race. off the track in that um, race. We just, we just ended up sprinting oh, nice. to the line thinking we were finishing the race. And when we came to what we thought was the finish, oh, then we stepped line. off the track. And of course, once yeah. you're off the track, you're, you're done. And so we got disqualified that way, which is yeah. okay oh, because yeah. I made up for that last <laughs> lap senior year myself and one other Kansas guy, we were trying to run. Uh, right around eight ten for a three k, and so we were helping each other. And uh, okay. uh, the lap counters somehow were counting the entire field behind us, which we had lapped. And so we ran an extra lap uh, <laughs> that race. So uh, so yeah, I got to make up for it. It was all good. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Um, and how did cross country go? Uh, cross country in college is is eight k and ten k. So where did you find uh, yourself in that? Well, course? getting used to the eight k distance took a little while. Um, I usually found myself somewhere between second or third on the team um, that year, and then uh, in the ten k later on in the season, uh, you know I kind of the middle of the pack in all honesty when it came to like a regional meet uh i was you know uh, right around 25 10 for uh, 8k as a freshman so uh yeah pretty much the, the top of the middle pack back of the top pack that was kind of where i and by your uh, senior year, i was did that come down to? winning most races by the senior year I ended up dropping just under 24 minutes um, for an 8K and 29.40 for a 10K in cross country. So. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. And then yeah. did you get to yeah, do the that was 10K my main event. as well? Uh, though my coach had this, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if it was his strategy or his thought, but like the week before every single 10K, I would race like a, a hard 1500 and uh which i don't know seemed kind of odd at the time but when you step on the track a week later after having raced a hard 1500 makes the 10k feel like a snail's pace (laughs) um so that was a fun (laughs) memory but yeah no the 10k was my main event and and the 5k a little bit too Right on. So your senior year, what what did you end um, up with PRs in the five k? Actually, 5K ran fourteen twenty four in the five k. That was an indoor five k. Outdoor is pretty slow when it comes to Kansas. Unless you can travel out of the state, you're not going to find a fast ten k. Um, just it's too dang windy. <laughs> the chances of finding a track that's blocked by the wind is near impossible. Um, so. I actually paid for my own plane ticket to go fly in California so that I could qualify for nationals in the 10K. So <laughs> one of the downside of uh, being a D2 athlete. Where did you go? <laughs> Stanford? 
Uh, I went to San Francisco. Where, where did you go they, in California? At the time, they just started a race called the San Francisco Distance Carnival. Um, and there usually was a few guys running okay. right around that 2950 range, which at the time, that's what it took to get to D2 cross country or D2 track nationals. Yeah. Yeah, I did. did I got out leaned <laughs> for the win, but I did end up uh, qualifying uh-huh. for nationals at that place. So. Awesome. Uh, I PR there. Uh, did you PR there or at Ended nationals? Running 2940 there. And then, yeah. um, uh, at nationals, I got second to last. I had the worst race of, uh, probably all of oh. college at nationals. Uh, luckily I had redshirted cross country, so I didn't end college on yeah. that. Note, so I was able to redeem it come cross country. Cool. Very cool. Um, and then, uh, that brings you post-collegiately, um, did you yeah, stay so the in start Kansas of my redshirt cross country season, which would have been um, let's see what it is, twenty fifteen. Um, I started grad school at that point, okay. so I stayed in Kansas to to work on my masters in organizational leadership. And uh, once I finished my eligibility in cross country, that January is when um, I had ran the Houston half marathon and had qualified for the Olympic trials marathon. Um, uh, I ran 64.20 with what time in the half marathon which is kind of funny because I basically ran my third and fourth fastest 10k's back to back in the the half so it does help to have people (laughs) and the race to pull you along and for you to help them out when you're running solo all the time it's a little more difficult uh sub 65 what, what was the standard yeah, so i wouldn't then? have called it i wouldn't have qualified this time around <laughs> Sub sixty-five. yeah yeah because it was sub 64 this go around right yeah yeah um right on so you, you and you know here's another unfortunate part but uh then i end up getting overtraining going past the you know going harder on easy or on easy days doing stupid fast long runs and uh yeah ended up getting injured and didn't run the trials and was able to run a few uh national championship races throughout that spring but by the time summer hit uh i was just burnt out still recovering from injury and in all honesty just didn't really want to race anymore um that was about the time my wife and i moved as well so that entire year of 2015, 2016, I learned some unfortunate lessons the hard way. It was, you know, when you're full-time grad student, a part-time graduate assistant, you're running a hundred mile running weeks, you're into your second year of marriage <laughs> uh, and doing 10 hours of personal training classes a week. It's, uh, it's too much for anybody to, to maintain and it showed with me. I could only do it for a year span, and then I wanted yeah. nothing to do with in, any of it except marriage. I stuck with the marriage part. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't not we'll sneak that, that in there, especially <laughs> since we're coming up on seven years this Saturday. <laughs> oh, nice! Congrats! That's fantastic. Very nice. 
So yeah, um, so did you take a little break? Summer after of all that? 2016, my wife and I just decided we wanted to leave the Midwest. We didn't really have a plan. Um, we had uh, heard about Boone, North Carolina area through Zap Endurance, the uh, professional marathon club here in Boone, and so you know I didn't tr- I didn't was never a part of the team, but that's how I heard about Boone, and so my wife and I just kind of picked up and left. I split firewood for an entire year to make a living while my wife was still in school. (laughs) So we were pretty poor. uh, And I just didn't run anymore. I would go out and run when I felt like it, but I didn't actually train and have no idea what type of mileage I was doing. Yeah, I was, I was done, done at that point. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, what reignited the fire? See, we got here in 2016. Uh, I really didn't get that fire reignited until this last January, believe it or not. So that August of 2016 to January of 2021. Um, yeah, I know I had to think there for a moment. Uh, yeah, that was a good uh, four and a half, five year span, I guess five year span. I, was just kind of off and on running. There were all kinds of issues in that time, just in a bad job situation. Um, and uh, I spent a good three of those five years battling alcoholism. Um, and so, yeah, I've been sober for a year and a half now, so that certainly helps running. But, uh, but yeah, the alcoholism was certainly uh, a yeah, really hard period in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's what, uh, what do you think helped you get out of the really uh, come into the, the rut of realization that, uh, I have it in my family history. Um, I'm an athlete, so I kind of am all in, there's no partial, um, <laughs> uh, and just the stresses of life. Yeah, right. Those all contributed, I think to alcoholism and then what got me out of it really was just scenarios where I realized that I was risking my life and the life of others and getting to the point where I would drink three quarters of a bottle of hundred proof vodka in less than four hours, four or five hour span. And I'm maybe at the time I was probably 140 pounds. Um, and I just, I didn't want to do it anymore, but I couldn't resist the urge to always drink as day drinking drinking myself to sleep. And so those were, I was just getting so miserable. I was ready to do it, whatever I had to do. Uh, And that kind of started with recovery meetings um, and getting a counselor and a sponsor and just, I, I, I couldn't think straight at the time. So I just decided that I would do whatever these, these two guys said for several months span if it worked great if not i was going to go back to the bottle and end up working and you know still a year and a half later i'm sober and i enjoy life a lot better (laughs) great that's great that's great that's you know that's a a vital message to anyone that's you know going through addiction um i've had somebody close to me that that has gone through it but you have to want the help and uh and, and seek it so um thank you for sharing that um, now, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you're, um, 
January was South Mountains, the 50K. Uh, actually, I can't I imagine you went cold turkey into this. <laughs> I had uh, sporadic training. I didn't. Did you? I, I say training. I had sporadic running. There was no training. There was no workouts, no long runs. It was just, okay, I'm going to try to run today. You know, I was trying to map out okay. a training plan myself, but, you know, I, kind of a stupid runner, notoriously stupid runner or trainer, I should say, uh, go too hard on workout days even and so uh, trying to coach myself didn't work too well but I went into South Mountains running like 25 or 30 miles a week just kind of picking and choosing days <laughs> and I thought at the time I was like oh I'll just be one of those guys who finishes competitive running and I'm able to just run and enjoy it but I wasn't really running to enjoy it I enjoy competing uh, and I discovered that after finishing South Mountains I was like, I can never just be a yeah. runner. I will always be a competitor and a runner. <laughs> that was a great realization to come to, especially after an event like that. Um, you know, we talked to Eric was on the podcast after that, and he talked about the, the race and how it unfolded and such. Um, did you leave it with a, on a positive note? Um, did you feel good about the race yeah. and you know did it want, leave you obviously it left you wanting more um well speaking of any, eric he was any other any other help. thoughts on I on the race reached itself? out to him maybe a month prior and i asked him if there was one thing i needed to try before i went to the 50k what would it be and he told me to get out and at least be on my feet for two to th three hours and practice taking a gel because uh, I'd never ate on runs. I hardly even ate before runs, let alone on a run. And uh, so that was kind of nice to at least have that one experience before 50K and then getting into the race and having Eric there and knowing that he has a lot of experience on the trails and in the ultra realm. Uh, I pretty much just kind of followed him and uh, learned from what he was doing. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot in that race. Um, one was uh, I had to take more gels than I thought I did. So I actually only took two gels the entire race. <laughs> and so near the end, I was really hurting uh, getting into that dizzy wow. stage. And Eric and the other competitor had left me in the dust at that point, right around mile. Yeah. I guess they started leaving me around mile 13, which I actually had a partial seizure at that, at that stage, um, but was able to kind of recover a little bit. So yeah and you know if you want to touch on that you're welcome to um the uh you know you you had mentioned prior to us starting you yeah. know about the yeah so what was going on with the, the uh, seizure do you want to touch right on around that the age of a little bit 14 i was having we called them spells at the time we didn't really know what exactly they were where i would just randomly have these moments where I'd feel really nauseous. I'd feel dizzy. I'd kind of feel like I was in a dream or a trance, maybe get a little panicky. Um, and they were happening like a couple times a day and we didn't know what they were. So we finally went to a doctor, got an MRI and come to find out I had a brain tumor. Um, and so later on after seeing neurologists, they, figured out that, okay, I have partial seizures, which basically just means that I get the initial symptoms that somebody who has a full-on grand mal where they pass out and convulse, 
um, I was having the beginning stages of it. And only twice did I actually have the full-on seizure where you'd pass out and convulse. So I am fortunate in that area. Um, so right around 14, we discovered the tumor and ended up having surgery a couple months later. Had it removed, found out it was cancerous, uh, but never had to go through chemo and have never shown any signs of it growing back or having any issues. But because I had the tumor f probably from birth, um, a lot of medical professionals said that there's a chance that I would just continue to have partial seizures the rest of my life just because my brain has been trained to do that. Um, I just don't have them as frequently now. And, and uh, I take medication for them. And unfortunately, they'll creep up at inopportune times, like in the middle of a race, <laughs> which basically makes me feel like I had just ran a hard, you know, 10 miles or something. I'll feel very tired and exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I felt were, it coming were you on know for a couple minutes. I was hoping on, it was going to pass, but then I had the full partial seizure. And when you're in kind of that day state of having a partial seizure, you don't think as clearly. And so, you know, I had to stop and walk a little bit, kind of collect myself. Once I came out of that seizure, my first thought was, oh, I need to go catch Eric. <laughs> and so I, 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 who knows what, what pace I was actually running, but I was basically sprinting to catch up to Eric right around mile 13, which was right before, you know, a four mile climb. So <laughs> that, uh, that really uh, destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh um and i mean the the like you said the the after effects are just you feel fatigued and such but um you know nothing sense it doesn't no mostly it doesn't just, manifest itself just fatigue if i have it when i'm not any, uh, in a race or earlier in the day i'll just Good. I can get a nap in the afternoon, I'll pretty much be fully recovered. Um, other than that, the side effects just feel like you finished the long run. So good. Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you ended up finishing uh, was it third at uh, South Downs, even with this, <laughs> which is incredible. Well done. Um, yeah. Just a couple. <laughs> so um, you pulled a few lessons from, from that race. Uh, <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> just a couple uh if you don't mind we'll go over a few you already touched on the nutrition um so um you've thus because i mean we're going to get to quest with the crest because you did amazing there but um like post what did your interval your nutrition interval what did that end up changing to okay uh so yeah so when you started practicing after south <laughs> mountains and preparing for for quest oh, with yeah. the crest um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming uh, you changed your, your interval <laughs> yeah. instead of using two gels during a 50 K to yeah. perhaps so I, them more frequently after South Mountain yeah. so, was the point what, where what I realized I was the freshman in the trail and ultra realm. And so knowing from my past, I couldn't train myself. I went and found a coach and, uh, <laughs> a coach who's familiar with the ultra realm, more than familiar, <laughs> the ultra realm and, uh, Stephanie Howe. She, uh, she's won Western States before and finished in that? the, really okay. on yours. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So she, she started coaching me in February. <laughs> yep. Um, and yep. she has a doctorate in nutrition and 
all that, uh, which I'm sure you touched on. And okay. so having her knowledge. Oh, yes. Yeah. We were actually talking about, uh, we were talking about uh, the, uh, she's a part of Protect Our Winners. So it's, okay. yeah, you know, yeah. advocacy through trail running and such. So that, mm-hmm. that's what our conversation was about. But yeah, yeah she's amazing. Uh, you know, wonderful human being and wonderful coach. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We awesome. talk about that a lot. Uh, <laughs> we so, yeah. So I'm sure she helped you dial in so <laughs> nutrition <laughs> a little more so than, than what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good. Good. As, that's perfect. Yes, as you should. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously with coach mm-hmm. now, you've got a little bit more feel for, for training and, you know, what should be taking place and transpiring. Um, you know, Eric was great when he said, you know, try to get more time on your feet because that's, that's what it's about. It's just increasing the time on your feet so you feel more comfortable with it. And as you approach a race, getting more specific about how the training goes. So um, you had a race, uh, we mentioned Quest, but you had a race in between Quest and uh and south mountains yeah uh, which was another local to us uh and that was um seven sisters right yeah uh so (laughs) i had mentioned that because it had just drawn such a great field um (laughs) of of local uh, you know kind of regional uh runners it was a it was kind of a who's who of of trail running from uh from our our region um and uh you know um so seven sisters for those that don't know uh, and i talked about it in a previous podcast but it's uh it's, a, it's another mountain race as uh you know as Corey said it's 25k but uh tremendous amount uh, of gain you know some that was climbing some really the sections. point where i um, realized how did that, that go oh, like i could actually be really competitive and maybe this whole uh fire of competing is really starting to get rekindled to the <laughs> point where I'm going to full on commit myself to this. And it was starting to get that way right before the seven sisters. But once the gun went off in that race, that was kind of the moment I, it all clicked where I was like, okay, I'm, I am totally all into this now. And, uh, um, yeah, learning from a coach and how to race differently on the trail, you know, when you're on the track or the roads, it's all about pacing, you know, finding somebody who's similar to your fitness and latching on to them and drafting off of them. And it's just a totally different type of strategy. So I'm trying to take that into the trail realm. And uh, luckily having a wise coach with lots of experience is like, you know, you, that's great, but you can't quite do that on the trail. Too too many factors, game, technical terrain, fueling, all that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Everybody has their strengths. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we have so to I was sitting our own strengths. somewhere uh, around fourth, so as, as third or fourth. As the race unfolded, where did you um, find yourself? Until the last climb. So right before we got to Walker's Knob, I was starting to, um, I think those two miles right before Walker's Knob, there was a pretty quick section that was mostly just hand-sized rocks. So it made it a little easier to pick up some speed. And that was when... I started making ground. Um, up until that point, I was very cautious. Uh, I, it had been my second, or I guess it would have been my third trail race at that point. And so uh, I didn't, I still was trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, and by the time I got to Walker's Knob, I'd taken the lead. And at that point, uh, I was like, I don't, uh, I'm going to go for the win at this point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so you descended. Uh, it, was, it was a great descent back down to Montreat College. Um, you know, yeah, very, very uh, steep route. Finishing but, uh, first and setting the course uh, yeah. record. You find yourself at the uh, finishing first surprise, place. I guess. Uh, but that descent, I was very concerned about it because uh, Ryan Woods, he's a professional <laughs> obstacle course racer, and he is a phenomenal guy when it comes to descending down mountains so when i passed him before walker's knob and i only had a minute on him i knew i was gonna have to just not care about falling if i wanted to beat him um, <laughs> and uh and so that was the I, I guess that helped me gain some confidence in my descents because up until that point i was like oh i'm just a terrible guy to run downhill i came from kansas you know downhills are going to be the worst for me you know maybe i can be strong enough to climb but descending i'm just going to always be weak and south mountains kind of help build up that confidence that okay no i, I think descents are not too bad you just you just have to not care <laughs> and you have to be engaged the entire time you know memorizing the trail a few feet in front of you making split second <laughs> decisions and uh i think it was really the descent that help make the race um, and uh ryan and i just we stayed the same distance apart the rest of the way <laughs> so it's a good thing i didn't slow down <laughs> oh yeah i forgot that <laughs> ryan is a uh, is my old teammate um at nc state so yeah yep so we we've um We've, you know, when college finished, we did a lot of, of trail racing together too. He's a, a fierce competitor. Um, so it's, it's, you know, to, to beat him, that's, that's awesome. That's a, you know, that's a, a, a great, yeah. great well, accomplishment, especially else in your third trail racing, with, race, you know, the uh, amount of descending that Ryan you had Woods, with him. Just know tail, that if so, he sees you um, at some point well near the end of the race, he will always find something to catch you. And I knew that prior. And so luckily he didn't see me. <laughs> there were, there were enough turns between us, but if it would, if he would have been able to see me at one point, I, I, I don't know. It might've been a different story. That's tremendous. That's fantastic. So obviously that that's got to give you uh, some confidence uh, going into quest um quest was modified this year uh you guys didn't get to do the uh, uh big tom's trail up to the uh the crest and then up mitchell um kind of <laughs> cut across uh yeah. horse and came down the old mitchell trail um which uh is lucky <laughs> big tom's is 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 very nasty and very gnarly and so is the crest over to mitchell so um but um tell us about that race um you know what what was yeah. it like uh you know, we start <laughs> oh, going up woody's so i uh, thought uh, that being a boom training up and down uh, grandfather yeah, mountain <laughs> where you came, i don't know just a little over two thousand feet in three miles was was adequate uh preparation for the quest so getting there and gaining three thousand feet in just under three miles was a totally different scenario uh, it was a lot of power hiking and alternating between doing like a, a slow pitter patter yeah. run to a really fast hike and just kind of alternating it. So my legs didn't ever get stuck in one pace, um, which is something I've started to learn as I've gotten onto the trail is um, even on climbs, steep climbs, it's at least helpful for me to, to alternate 
paces just a little bit. Um, so yeah, that, that first climb was brutal. <laughs> and it was, it was a trick because it's like, you know, you have, you know, 30 some miles to, to run yes. and you're starting yes. off that hard and being so new to the trail and ultra realm, I was like, I, what's too hard this early in the race? You know, what's too short? I knew there was a guy who'd finished Leadville before he finished third at Leadville. So I kind of figured he would be the main guy to watch out for and follow. And I, I felt like we were going really slow, slower than maybe even I, I thought we should. And so I took the lead, I think at two miles into the race. And I was like, ah, this is probably really stupid. Uh, <laughs> and my coach will probably kill me after the race but i don't know what i'm doing right now but this feels like what i need to do <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh and then you have your your descent down to bolins which is a nice uh pretty runnable um you know three miles down uh to the aid station um then you turn around and just come right back um, did you see those guys? Uh, I don't Obviously, know. I saw those guys on the, the way back up. Since I would um, guess they were did, right uh, around where did you see four them? to How five minutes behind me at that point. Once I caught them again or passed them again. Um, yeah. I, before the race, I'd sat down okay. a couple days uh, prior and yeah. Stephanie and I talk about breaking the race into thirds. And so I was looking at the course map breaking not necessarily a specific distance into perfect thirds, but sections um, and making a plan of like, how was I going to uh, push in certain points? You know, like yep. the goal of the first climb was be cautious. Uh, the descent to that, to the Creek, I knew that was the smoothest descent from other people who've run the quest who had talked to me. So I took a risk and, tried to run pretty quick to the to the creek thinking that was a good opportunity to make up some time and i mean it ended up working out but it was it was a risk <laughs> uh -huh. nice um and then you've got, uh, you know, obviously we ascend back up Bullens and kind of do a little out and back to uh, Colbert's. Um, and then you come down Colbert's Ridge, uh, which is the first section. Yeah, pretty, pretty darn this is where South Mountain uh, But then it gets, in. you know, um, runnable again. Uh, that was do you feel like the you point where I decided was the descent? second third of the race. And so my goal on that second descent was, <laughs> you know, I, I want to go quick. I just don't want to destroy my calves. I don't want to bomb down the mountain. Um and I ended up, I don't know if I call it bombing down the mountain, but it was steep, so steep and technical. I kind of made the decision that it might be more efficient for me just to let myself go um, versus slowing down and, you know, I don't know, slowing down and stepping off of big rocks. It seems yeah. to take a little bit more out of my legs. So I did a lot of leaping and tripping and... <laughs> and all that and i knew that it, once i got down it would be the the second aid station and there was a short two mile section on a, a asphalt road and so i knew i could pick up time there as well 
<laughs> no, no, I, I had uh, prepared. Right. I'd had right. uh, some toast before the race. Uh, Did you have two gels tiny before the bit point? of coffee? And uh, <laughs> then during the race, I was taking gels about every 30 minutes um, or so. Yeah. So, no, I, I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot. I took a lot of gels and ate several cuties at the Good. aid station. <laughs> and uh, I think one time I picked up an <laughs> avocado as well. Eating solid foods, that's a totally different story for me. Uh, I don't know what solid foods take just yet. Um, but the gels have certainly gotten better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. The solid foods takes practice, that's for sure. Uh, it's, it's just kind of figuring out what looks good and what's, you know, what's going to taste good <laughs> at the moment, you know, what's the body craving. So, oh, um, and then you have that two mile road section, but then you hit the Buncombe horse trail, which is a long <laughs> and grinding climb. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that one just seems like it takes forever. And it, it's just like, you know, you feel like you've, you're in a roundabout or something. Cause you're like, didn't I just do this? It's just, you know, just a constant. Yeah. It, was, um, uh, it wasn't was it as bad, wet as it usually um, it is was, up there. Um, it was you get onto the, wet. The kind that, of the, you know, that the third kind of mile that grade you were talking that about, that was by far the worst part of the race. <laughs> it was, I was, you know, up until that board yeah. point, I think I was mostly power hiking slash running up the yeah. mountain <laughs> at like 14 minute pace. I think that section was, uh, I was, it was all I could do to ever try to run. It was maybe 18, 19 minute miles. <laughs> I was really hitting the wall at that point. I was very concerned that the thing about being in the lead is that you have no idea where yeah. your competitors are. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you can ask people at the aid station <laughs> and you knowing somebody's behind you kind of keeps you grinding. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. But with the trail race, yeah. you know, it's not like a road race where you can glance back and see where they're at. You know, I would listen. I'd even listen for footsteps, but yep. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like you can't hear. I mean, Ryan Woods at the 25K yeah. was a minute behind yeah. me, and I still couldn't yeah. hear his yeah. footsteps. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, a lot of people will know that section from our hellbender hundred miler. Um, that's, you know, the, we, uh, we cut across the, uh, the ridge. So, um, we come from Mitchell and do the, the crest trail all the way over to Colbert's and then you descend Colbert's, um, and then come up Buncombe horse. Um, so a lot of, a lot of folks will know that area from, from hellbender. Um, you know, when I raced quest, that's, uh, I was coming up Buncombe and, um, there was a photographer. I hadn't seen anybody in, in forever. And oh, no. like, you're the lead. And I, I, as far as I knew, I was in second. There was, um, another, I, one of my friends was actually supposed to be ahead of me, but he took a wrong turn. So now all of a sudden I was in the lead and I know he is a bomber. That dude can descend like no other. So I was just like in fear, you know, like I saw Sean, he was, uh, you know, coming to tell me, I've, I've told the story before, but I was like, should I stop and just wait for him? Like, I felt bad, you know, like this guy had worked so hard and took a wrong turn, you know, but, uh, but anyhow, yeah. which um, makes it yeah, even worse. Just, that late, it's so quiet in the race. Too, that's that's about usually where you, hit you don't the cross anybody, <laughs> there, you know, there's just, it's just the wind in you. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, so you know, even though I qualified uh, to the point, we didn't even mention the that, uh, marathon, you know, the, I had never uh, raced mountains. That was a marathon di- race distance Vegas, until right? South Mountains. Um, 50K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just went yeah, from yeah. half marathon <laughs> up to uh, up to 50K. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there was nothing in between. Well, you know, it's, it's not far off the marathon, but. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you're going across the crest uh, brings you to um, the uh, Mount Mitchell Trail. And uh, that is, they were pretty I mean, tired. they're doing a lot of work I mean, on it, ridge, but still, that is uh, the I was, uh, you know, when I wrote out the race plan before and was trying to pinpoint areas that I knew I could make up time and use my road running lakes a little bit, I thought that ridge was going to be one of them, um, but it was mostly underwater and they had these little stumps yeah. across the water but they were small enough. You never knew yeah. which stump was going to move on you. <laughs> so, uh, it was incredibly slow going. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, made the descent yeah. that much worse. <laughs> uh, and you know, you've ran the race before, so you know, at mile 20, you hit your last aid station and you don't hit another aid station. Like you just don't hit. Yeah. You just run to the finish. Um, and at that point it was starting to get kind of warm and, uh, I'd ran out of water before I even started descending. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. Our, our last aid station was actually right before you reach, uh, Mitchell proper. So we have it at deep gap. So when you get off the, mm-hmm. off the crest, there's a picnic shelter, they had a you know a station there, and then you ascend to the the summit, and then you then you drop. So yeah, know, like our yeah, you know, he had even, so I had I had two uh, full bottles. I think Stephanie you know, and I decided to and, just go ahead and. Uh, did you have to carry a filter too? Of not um, stopping. You know, that, I just had a life straw, yeah. so I brought an extra flax with me and had an extra twelve ounces in addition to the two 16 ounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, soft flasks I was carrying in my bag and that's what I used for the last 13 miles and like I said I finished all three of those bottles before the descent um, which you know when it comes to descending and you're trying gotcha. to vomit it's really hard to drink <laughs> especially in the trails in the Appalachians gotcha. it's so technical yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yes yeah yeah <laughs> my my legs were dry. Uh, like you know on that descent I, I saw another friend that was hiking up and i was like dude uh, just, just tell me it's I close you lied <laughs> like lie to me <laughs> i am i am in pain i don't care just lie to me tell me it's a mile <laughs> he's like i think it's more like two and i was just like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's it, that is a it's a rough way to finish the event now um when we finish we <clears throat> We popped out and um, we uh, finished so we in the briar bottom. We through the campground area and then we right hopped back on the, the trail MST, the Mountains to Sea Trail. Uh, he's which had a little bit of climbing right there. It's a big open field where all of us had parked. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Neil's Creek. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's one of our made aid stations for Hellbender. 
uh, yeah. the, the helipad. Um, that's a, it's really nice. I mean, but yeah, that is another miles that you have to, to go. Cause um, when you look at the map after that, the race, you, said, like, you see I the mean, camp. I probably would cry like, <laughs> if I had known just, that. Oh, I would just a little go. tiny bit in the trees and then oh, you're done. God, yeah. Um, so I'm, I finished the descent. I'm really gassed at this point. I know the campgrounds are really a fast, flat, smooth terrain. And so I'm flying through that thinking, Oh, I'm going to finish, you know, maybe at the end of this campground. Yeah. And then I hit, you know, another trail, the mountains to see, and it instantly starts climbing, which wasn't much of a climb. But at that point I was like, <laughs> it's awful. Every, every turn, every turn on that section of the trail, I kept looking and right. listening and <laughs> uh, everything uh, feels like a mountain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, did, did Drew finish behind you? Was that Drew? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Drew came on board. I've been, I started coaching Drew. Uh, I met Drew last November. We raced the Duncan Ridge trail, which is uh, kind of the beginning of uh GDR Georgia death race and cruel jewel that, that neck of the woods. So him and I raced and that's where I met Drew. And uh, you know, we had, we had started uh, talking yeah. about things and after, after quest, he came on board. Um, but oh, um, wow. he's, he was on. Well, after he made Duncan up the Ridge, eight we did minutes a podcast on me on that last time. He's a, I found he's a great out that after the race. An awesome uh, story. I was he's like, like comes he from a hiking background. So this is all new to him too. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's and he that's he is a powerful <laughs> climber. Yeah, he is. He's a powerful uh -huh. climber. Uh, you know, it, it it was he just. He walked away from me. He's like, we were, we were going up the climb. He's like, I think I'm going to go ahead. I was like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I was like, you can go for it. So yeah, he's a great young man. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so you finish first. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, it was, it was a, an awesome experience uh, to, to get to that finish line after, you know, after that long one. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> you know, the first time that I'd ever finished um, the race. And within a couple and minutes, I decided I was going to sit down. Your, your quads totally uh, blown I, out. <laughs> I just never sat after races, uh, just afraid of getting too stiff. But after a couple minutes of standing, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, uh, I usually the next day just make sure like anybody that's done that type of stuff just, you know, goes for a hike or something just to start flushing out the legs because your quads just get so tight and tired. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what that, like that, you know, that downhill running can do. Um, so, you know, you finished, so um, again, a lot of people, uh, they know, ask me uh, about recovery, the importance of um, having a coach you know, you when know, you finish the <laughs> you race, what coach, did the recovery process need to look just, like for you? Just listen to them. I spent most of my running career taking a little bit of advice here and there, but mostly just kind of doing my own thing. So uh, I've been leaning pretty heavily on Stephanie and trusting, you know, what, you know, what the process and what she's having me do. And so when it came to recovery, yeah. you know, which what she had me do, I just went ahead and did it, which was, uh, took a couple of days off, you know, did some walk-in. Sure. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. And even what <laughs> you do directly I after. I want to change next you, time around. I didn't did you have, have a anything protocol. Prepped, like, did you uh, have a, for after a the race? Shake or so, what would that look like? Uh, yeah. I didn't have any water with me except some uh, bubbly in the car. Uh, and no, I'm not talking about champagne. Champagne. Remember, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> there's no champagne. Uh, but yes, yes. Luckily, I had a few cans of that, and that's what I drank after the race. I think I had some <laughs> yes, leftovers the, the, the that I ate drink. from a couple of days. Yes, the, the seltzer water. It's disgusting um, as that is. Yeah. <laughs> nice. so what would you do? <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> uh, I think next time around, I'd have a protein shake right ready. So, uh, um, you know, you, like you said, I'd you probably, you probably would do it differently. What would you do? Uh, I'd probably like, have some you know, fruit. What, what would that candy. look like? I know I was incredibly dehydrated and just craving anything moist at that point. So I'd have some fruit ready. Um, you know, uh, I don't know meal-wise what I would necessarily want to have, but I think I'd want to have more than a couple swallows of leftovers that were in my lunch bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, well, especially, you know, in, in the time of COVID where it, it you know, the aid stations were so diminished and the opportunities at the finish line were so minimal um, <laughs> is having that, you know, like, I finished when I finished Umstead, I finished around 1.30 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it was. There's not much open. <laughs> so, you know, mm -hmm. having that, you know, ability to have something. And, you know, thankfully the finish line had food and such. But, um, you know, like just being sure that you have something packed, you know, for post-race, mm -hmm. um, be it the protein <laughs> shake, be it, uh, you know, yeah. a meal, um, you know, have your crew have something, you know, substantial that, you know, you can just at least gnaw on. You may not be extremely hungry, but you, you <laughs> will be pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, just having that, you know, ready at the ready, it's, you know, that's huge. Like, I think we prepare ourselves so well for the race. Uh, what's what we need before, what we need during, but we yeah. neglect the after where, the, you know, that, that after is actually, you know, it's a great window for you to begin <laughs> your recovery. Um, and like you said, yeah. you know, having fluids, having food, you know, having uh, recovery sandals, you know, like oh, that's, that's cool. always the thing that I forget oh, <laughs> is good, like, you know, good. having something to change into. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's on my list for this weekend. You know, I'm, I'm racing Old Dominion this weekend. So, yeah, my, my, my flip-flops are already out. <laughs> they, are, they are not getting forgetting this, forgotten this time. Um, but, um, yeah, just having, you know, that uh, that preparedness for, for afterwards. Um, you know, having a cooler or whatever it is prepared for you for, you know, all those things afterwards. So, um, great, you know, great great stuff there. I, I really appreciate um, uh, no, a little bit I didn't. into that. Um, yeah, did you, just, um, you know, talking about recovery, yeah, um, a few days off, you, know, that did I was you get a massage too, or anything like that? I, I look at it as a sign just because it's helpful for me to, yeah, it's helpful for me to remember, okay, this is, she is a doctor. She knows what she's doing. I'm notoriously a stupid runner. I need to just, <laughs> I need to listen and do what I need to do. Um, so yeah, I took that time off. Uh, you know, we're not real particular about running this terrain or that terrain. I try to mix it up. And I knew after that race, yeah. Yeah, I was certainly banged up. So I spent the last couple of weeks just running flat, you know. So I was searching for any place that was flat, which is kind of hard to do here in Boone. But uh, found flat terrain and, and tried to take it slow and 
So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of time to do that sort of thing. Um, nice. But yeah, mostly just get out and run, and then I try my best to focus on, um, you know, what I'm eating, my diet, drinking adequate amounts of water, uh, rolling out, you know. And this is, you know, this is a, a difference of racing now versus racing in college or when I raced a little semi-professionally on the roads is, you know, in college, it's your job to run. Um, so you go to school and you run. <laughs> and so you have time to roll out and do these things, you know, now, you know, as a married man and working and all this stuff, it's like, it's a little harder to fit that in, but finding, finding spaces in my day to do that, even if that means I'm rolling out at night while I'm watching friends on Netflix or HBO max or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got one of those at Mountain Running Company. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I, yeah, I typically find myself with the uh, the, uh-huh. the the Theragun. You know, I'll be you know I'll be on my email and you know <laughs> just you know taking care of business both ways. <laughs> you know, hitting yeah. my quads and and you know typing out an email. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta squeeze it in as you can. Uh, and I think the only other piece that you know you might have. Uh, missed on that is sleep. Um, you know, sleep is definitely one of those uh, factors. I, I think I have my athletes track it, you know, like I want to make sure that we're getting enough sleep in to help mm-hmm. with recovery. You know, we can't stress how much, how importance, um, you know, not only the nutrition, hydration, but also sleep, you know, and, and making sure we're getting adequate sweet, adequate sleep. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, what, uh, what would you say, um, changed in your training what was the biggest thing that you saw a train a change in from uh training you know previously um you know uh when you were uh um, yeah. let's say when you were so training for like half marathon, marathon was um, by time to, not by uh, to ultra and being more specific <laughs> and, and to i don't know if that's training more yeah, of so the trail ultra realm or if that's differences in coaching or what but now we go a lot by time uh which is quite yeah uh refreshing yeah. Cause then you don't have time, time <laughs> to think about paces or get obsessed with numbers, you know, which is yep. mileage, which is what I did before, you know, when you're yes. trying to run hundred to 120 mile running weeks. Uh, yeah. You, yep. you, you plan your day mileage. around exactly getting yep. certain amounts of mileage. Yep. And so the type of training I do now is you know, it's all based on time, which kind of takes out that pace component of, you know, I need, run seven minute pace for recovery, you know, it's like you just run what feels good. And then that kind of takes into account terrain as well. Cause you know, out here in Boone, I might do right. a recovery run right around seven minute pace at the Moses cone area, which is carriage trails, kind of crushed dra- gravel, yep. um, you know, but then if I hop on single track trails out here, yeah, I might be running, you know, anywhere from eight minute pace to 1130. <laughs> But I'm, time on my feet is what is important. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, no, absolutely, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, 
Yeah. That's what the body understands. Um, and the reality of it is, you know, we, our body understands time, how much time you're on your feet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't understand miles, you know, like <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, and that's, that's the, you know, I mean, marathoners are kind of, you know, oh, it's 26.2. I have to get in that 18 or 20 mile long run. It's really the time, you know, that the body's understanding and how much time you're on your feet is what it gets used to. Um, so just training for time on your feet works the same for marathoning as it does for, for ultra. Um, it is a, you know, a totally different way of thinking because we're so used to, you know, oh, this many miles per week is what you need to get in order to train for this distance. So yeah, mm-hmm. just having the the change from time, you know, a lot of my athletes, it is, it is a big switch, you know, that, you know, but yes, I use time on feet and then rating of perceived exertion. Yeah. So how does it feel <laughs> versus, you know, training at uh-huh. this, this heart rate or at this pace? Yeah. Uh, it's more about, you know, how do you feel? Um, because that's what we need to get used to in ultra, you know, r- running uphill, mm-hmm. we have to know, well, you know, I'm redlining, <laughs> this is not sustainable, you know, I mean, you should know that, you know, you should be able to listen to your body and, and know that. But, you know, a lot of times, if we're just looking at the pace, mm-hmm. that, you know, that we just kind of forget about our, our body, you know, and that we get so reliant on the yeah, watch. That, you know, that. I'm kind of a newbie. To, we have to be more attuned with our body. And that it works with nutrition too. Road you start to know when you need more calories, when you need to drink, when you need to pace, eat It's like, even in workouts now i find um, myself trying to find flat terrain where i can do my workouts so i can look at my pace and you know maybe that's okay sometimes but you know stephanie does remind me it's more about the effort and so like today's workout this morning i purposefully found a location with the gradual (laughs) climb um and it was going to have crushed gravel it was going to have some grass i knew there were sections that weren't necessarily the smoothest so it kind of got me out of that pacing realm and focused on that time factor which is what the workout was based on <laughs> uh so we had one yeah. work or we had two workouts yeah. i would say that good. focused good. more on timing uh, so did you have any one specific it was a, a longer workout where request. the entire workout i was supposed to just do a runnable steady climb uh interval type of work and the main sustained climb was a run where uh, it was supposed to be a three-hour run and get somewhere around uh gosh i'm trying to remember six to seven yeah, it was like six to seven K of climbing. Um, and so that, I mean, that's comparable to what you do 10 and a half K for, you know, for the you class. So, <laughs> uh, so I ended up, uh, yeah, the funny wow. thing about that run is, so I wasn't really sure where I was going to do it. And I knew I was going to have that steep 3000 yeah, feet right. early on yeah. in the race. So I was trying to think of what location here in the high country would be similar to that. So I end up running the access trail at a place called Elk Knob. Um, and it's a mile access trail from the parking lot to the top of Elk Knob. And you gain a thousand feet a mile span. And it's just like hand-sized gravel, you know, so that annoying <laughs> loose gravel. And so I end up running up and down that access trail for at least two of the three hours <laughs> of that run. Um and, and part of that was purposeful. And this yeah. is another thing yeah. about training that I like to think about is pretty great. Um, yeah. the, oh, the mental side of it, you know, and, you know, especially in trail and ultra <laughs> realm, engaging your mind, it's a long race, um, you know, so in that 
in that workout, I knew if I had to pass my car mm -hmm. every single time I came down that access trail, I had, I could see my out. <laughs> and, and I knew if I could do that for a good chunk of the three hour long run, then it was going to be that much easier when I get to the quest. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bail right. out. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. right yep uh, we, we do what we have to <laughs> yep it's I've, I've done the same uh training for UTMB yeah. I did uh a, a thousand you know feet of gain in a one mile stretch I did it uh 10 repeats uh yeah yeah 10 repeats so I got over 10,000 feet and in 20 miles <laughs> it was uh yeah, yeah it was you know but you know it, that's that's UTMB you know it's you know you gotta get used to going up and that's UTMB is like, you know, you're climbing forever and a day and you're still not there. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's great though, to be more specific and, uh, and get used to that, that type of training. Mm -hmm. Um, would you say that, uh, the time on your feet, um, if you were to compare it, uh, uh to it's a little different. I, think some of now, I know you were probably looking at mileage you know, there, but if you were to college athlete, time you have you were a training more time versus for that the time sort of on your thing. training for and 50K, being a very obsessive similar? person, I was always training, uh, over training. So I, I'd say I actually spend less time on my feet for sure. training now than I did before. Um, and I think a good chunk of that is you know, having a coach who realizes that being recovered and enjoying running, um, it plays a huge okay. factor. And I had gotten to the point where I wasn't enjoying, it was a duty getting up at four o'clock in the morning, and putting yeah. in 12 miles and then going out for another six in the afternoon and doing 20 right. to 25 mile long runs on the weekend. It's like, you know, you, you do that for several years. It gets, you can certainly right. get burnt yeah. out. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think my athletes are always surprised by how, you know, how much less I have them do and how, you know, how much it produces for results. Um, you know, they're seeing better results with less volume. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, I, I, I think some people, you know, we get a little too carried away and worried about, you know, uh, I see these training plans that some people write and not just, like, I don't even know if you're going to make the starting line, yeah, you know, like lot. you don't I mean, need all the time. And, you know, it's, it's <laughs> all high volume. And, it's, I push my weight. You know, it's, it's not incredibly steep. But, and I was um, thankful for you, uh, strength a, train? Guy, uh, a friend of mine. He's also a runner. He offered to mow my lawn two days after the quest. Uh, it was a huge relief because I don't know how well I could have pushed a, a mower up my lawn. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably about the extent of uh, my strength training, um, at least for right now. Uh, no, no, except, okay. uh, you know, I guess some like that three hour long run, gotcha. you know, there's very good. Uh, did you practice where hiking you're at tired all? enough and it's steep enough you have to hike. And so like, that was nope. okay. kind of the extent of my hiking. I wouldn't say there was anything hiking specific, um, that I did.
uh, okay. I think probably the biggest okay. difference between my training now uh, and my training anything before. Anything else that you, know, you think of that uh, <laughs> maybe a difference? Pl- anything you've done? wiser, more receptive to advice, uh, both from a coach, uh, from my wife who sees me on a daily basis and uh, is now very thankful that I don't lay on the floor and take naps because I'm so exhausted that uh, I'm actually functioning at night and <laughs> able to hold conversations. So it's good for our marriage as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can look me up on Facebook. Uh, just working. <laughs> Same thing on Instagram. That's great. Working. That's great. Now I'm kind Perfect. of a plain Jane. Oh, Corey, guy. Uh, how can people find very you? Very complex. Uh, are you on social media? <laughs> um, but yeah, they can find me there. Uh, also do some health and wellness coaching off to the side. Uh, so yeah, it's called uh, secondwindwellness.com. Uh, and that's a uh, two. So yeah. secondwindwellness.com with the two. Do you have a website for that? Um, yeah. Okay. I'll get that in the show notes. Very yeah, cool. Thanks. Awesome, man. I will. I really appreciate you coming on, Corey. Thank you for, for sharing your story. Yeah, being so open. the end of and, August, uh, I'm going to do congratulations the further, on uh, the continued success here. I hope started um, the profile trail. You, you had already mentioned profile, to me what's coming up, but if you wanted LAP to say what, uh, what your call plans are. Ran down the scout trail and a little bit of the Cragway, and you loop back up on the scout trail and down the profile again. So you crest grandfather twice. Uh, so that'll be a fun 25K, I feel like. Uh, living here in Boone, that's kind of a requirement. So uh, still trying to convince Ryan Woods to come join me again for this one. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'll be doing that at the end of August. And then uh, let's see, end of November, I'll be running JFK (laughs) 50 miler. Um, And maybe find something in between those two races. (laughs) Well, I wish you tremendous luck. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, buddy. said you know just an amazing story um such a humble uh, amazing individual Corey. uh thank you so much for your time and congratulations once again i'm sure we're going to be seeing your name all over the place in the race results uh, as time progresses here uh really look forward to seeing what Corey does in the fall i'm sure uh, it's going to be awesome so uh, good luck to you sir and thank you again for for coming on and and sharing with us your story and um and all that you've done thus far and we certainly wish you the best in the future. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, I got into Hard Rock. I am recording this on Wednesday, uh, June 16th. And on Tuesday, June 15th, I was running. Um, and I was running in uh, the farm fields nearby my house. And uh, uh, <laughs> usually I do not have cell phone reception there. For whatever reason, God granted it, <laughs> I did have a cell phone. And um, I had a message pop up on my phone from uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, I looked at the name, you know, just took a, a glance, and I was like, ah, I don't I don't recognize it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out um, after the run. And for some reason in my mind, it was like, you know, Aaron, double-check that. And so uh, I double-checked, <laughs> and... Uh, 
It was uh, Dale Garland, the uh, RD for uh, for Hard Rock 100. Uh, my my heart stopped for a moment, as as did me. <laughs> I I stopped on the spot and opened up the messenger and saw that uh, my spot had come up in the wait list. Um, my God, I was you know beside myself with excitement. Um, you know, the message told me to, uh, to give him a call or email him. So I did on the spot, just, you know, in the, the, the excitement of the moment, um, left a message and, uh, you know, proceeded to, uh, be the crazy man that was running around the farm fields, screaming his head off with excitement and, um, <laughs> um, did another lap. And <laughs> like I said, I do not have, usually do not have reception there and, the call came through, and uh, you know he invited me into uh, to Hard Rock. Um, I, I mean, I posted on social media, and I do not take for granted how fortunate I am um, to be able to to race Hard Rock. Uh, I know people have been waiting a lot longer than I have. Uh, I started in 2016 with my tickets. Uh, my first hundred was the Grindstone 100. Um, and, uh, my God, you know, uh, to be pulled onto the, uh, the wait list, like I didn't even know, honestly, that my name was on the wait list. I remember, um, running the, uh, um, Chattanooga 100, um, which, uh, was, uh, 2018 and, uh, I, you know, I had finished and I had, you know, I'd made a post about Chattanooga and, um. Um, Martin Sneakloth, he, he <laughs> messaged me saying, congrats on getting your name pulled for hard rock on the wait list. I, yeah, I had no clue. So I, you know, I, I instantly went on and saw my name deep on the wait list. I, I'm talking deep, like, oh, it's on there, but I, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever have the chance, uh, to run hard rock. And then, um, if you're familiar with what's gone on, uh, the past two years, obviously two years ago. Um, they were not able to host the event due to the conditions on the course last year, coronavirus prevented the race from happening again. Uh, and on to this year where the race is, uh, is taking place on July 16th. Um, you know, the way they did things, I had moved up to 17th, I believe on the wait list. So I, you know, I, I was like, ah, you know, I, I still don't have that great of a chance, but, um, you know, as, as fate and luck would have it. Um, I kept moving up, um, due to people not, you know, accepting the invitation, uh, and, uh, and, and proceeded to, to, you know, to gain my spot. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am. Um, how, as I said, how grateful I am. I am going to do everything within my power to move along that course and kiss that rock at the end. Um, I knew altitude is, uh, definitely a factor here. Um, I do not have the ability to get out there, um, you know, too far in advance. Um, I, we're talking four weeks away here. I even thought about just like renting an altitude tent, <laughs> uh, to try to, to help cope with, uh, with some of the, uh, uh, you know, the altitude that will be cause, uh, it's, it's up there. I mean, we'll be, you know, between 10 and 12,000 feet many times during the race. Um, so, um, you know, I, I've, I've obviously been at altitude before I've run at altitude before, never run an ultra marathon. Well, that's not true. I have run a 50 K, um, in, uh, um, the great, um, Rocky mountain national park. 
uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, excuse me. Um, and, uh, but you know, that said, um, I'm, I'm excited, obviously just can't wait for the opportunity. Uh, my wife is going out with me. Um, one of my best friends, Morgan Elliott, uh, his, uh, he's going to be, um, 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 crewing and pacing me. Uh, I'm hoping my friend Sam Reed, who's been on the podcast, uh, might come out and, uh, and run with me. Um, you know, it's, uh, Drew Antonis, who's also been on the podcast might be out there. So, um, I definitely got, got some support, which is awesome. Um, you know, at this late in the game, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I just started working again with, uh, Patrick Regan. I really felt like, um, you know, I needed a coach as well, um, to have some accountability and just kind of look over my shoulder, make sure I'm doing the right things. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to be, uh, subjective, um, uh, and objective, uh, on yourself when you're coaching yourself. Um, that's, you know, so I, I reached out to Patrick, um, you know, thankfully he has some room and, uh, we're working together again. Uh, you know, we've always had a, a really good working relationship. Um, so I, I'm, I'm stoked to be working with him again and we're kind of going through things together, working this out together, um, making sure that, you know, I, I'm kind of getting in some vert training and all that good stuff and taking care of the small things. Uh, so you'll see on Strava, um, you know, the, the training I'm doing is, is going to be, uh, my collaboration with, uh, with Patrick. So, um, you know, I've already been really getting back to core strength and, uh, I've already done some weighted vest hiking and, and <laughs> plenty more to come. Uh, you know, vert training, like I said, it's, it's to come. My legs are feeling good since old dominion. Um, you know, I, I kind of said to myself, um, you know, there's, everything has a reason there, you know, like, I mean, there's, um, you can believe whatever you want, but I believe everything has a reason. And there was a reason that, um, I was forced to stop at, at 80 miles. And, uh, I think it's because, um, hard rock, uh, was coming and I, I didn't know that obviously. Um, but I am, I'm so glad that my legs feel fresh and good. And that was a great training run, uh, obviously 80 miles time on my feet. Um, and then, you know, uh, had it not been for that, that rattlesnake, um, and, uh, panic attack, <laughs> you know, I think I would have finished. Uh, it's hard to say, right? I mean, you know, we don't know the reality of it, but, uh, uh it's just, um, you know, putting things together. Um, I just got the, uh, runner's manual, um, just got that in my email. So going to be looking through that and touching base with my crew, um, and making a pacer plan, making a nutrition plan. Um, you know, I, I, I really went into, um, excuse me, I went into old dominion a little haphazard, um, you know, a short timeline again to, you know, from when, um, I got in three weeks prior to old dominion, but I really did not do my due diligence and plan well for it. So, um, this time I am really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, already started my, my planning and, um, I, you know, my conversations with my wife as to let's do this and this, let's plan for this. This is, you know, some, some ideas I have, uh, as well as things that she observed and, um, and feels that, you know, we could improve upon, um, Man, I just uh, I just purchased the uh, Topo Mountain Racer twos. 
Um, you know, I'll probably review those in my July newsletter. Um, they feel great underfoot. Um, a little heavier than what I'm used to. Uh, not bad, not, not too weighty, but you know, I, I ran through some river crossings today. Uh, they drained okay. Um, you know, not the greatest drainage, but, um, they, they did drain okay. Uh, but they still felt a little bit, you know, like I said, a little bit heavier than what I'm used to. They moved really well and felt really good underfoot. So, um, potential there for, um, a good Leadville shoe. Um, they're going to do, I was, that was my first run in them today. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to giving them another whirl. Um, and then, um, definitely going to increase my pack size, um, you know, learning lessons from, uh, uh, from, uh, old dominion. Um, I am, I'm going to go with my, my larger Solomon, um, the, uh, uh, Solomon, uh, advanced skin, uh, was it 12 or 15? <laughs> um, it, I think it's 12, but, uh, I'm going to go with my larger pack, um, capacity to carry more things. Uh, definitely going to use poles, um, uh, preparing to hike a lot. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to be efficient with that. And, you know, we're incorporating a lot of, uh, power hiking into my training. So, um, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of X factors in this one, like I said, but I am just going to, you know, take it, um, one mile at a time. And, uh, we can pick up our pacers at 42. I fully plan on using that, uh, and, and getting my pacers out there with me, uh, to make sure that I'm coping with the altitude. Okay. And doing fine. And I need that reminder to, to keep eating, keep drinking. Um, you know, um, sun is always an issue with a, uh, a ginger like me. Uh, so, um, you know, I need, uh, need to be thinking about that and how to, uh, to move, uh, you know, um, through the exposed areas and, uh, and, and still, you know, be covered up and protect myself. Um, so, um, I've got some great people with great experience. Um, you know, Morgan, obviously he's out in Colorado. Um, just a fantastic runner. Um, just, I'm glad to have him and his, his girlfriend Mercedes there. Um, they're on my side. Um, you know, Sam, obviously Sam Reed has a ton of hundred mile experience. Hard rock is his bucket list race. Uh, so I, you know, I, I hope he can come out. I'd love for him to have that opportunity to see the course and be part of this, uh, and bring his knowledge to this. Uh, and my wife who knows me, you know, better than anyone, uh, you know, I just, uh, whew, it's, I mean, <laughs> uh, I hate to get emotional again, but I can't, um, I really can't express how, um, how happy I am, uh, to be able to do this. This is, uh, um, you know, kind of one of those events, uh, of high magnitude for me. Um, UTMB was another one of those, um, Boston marathon, uh, you know, going back to college pen relays that, you know, these are all just like monumentous occasions in my running career. So, um, I want to make sure those that, uh, that haven't gotten in know how much, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate their situation and I pray for their, their entry, uh, sooner rather than later. Cause, um, this, this does mean a lot and I, I recognize that. So I'm not taking this lightly. Um, you know, like I said, um, going full bore on the training and everything I can do wisely and smartly and, uh, taking care of the business, you know, the small things, um, self-massage stretching, um, you know, the, the core, like I said, and strength and, uh, weighted vest hikes, everything I can think of to throw, you know, at this one, just so uh, I give my best, you know, to, uh, to get to the rock and kiss that rock. Uh, that's, that's the goal is get there. Um, so Oh, you know, uh, that's my big news. Um, man, um, Morgan had a, a great race this past weekend. Um, if, if you don't know, I've been coaching Morgan. Um, Morgan ran the, um, 
the GoPro Veil Games. Uh, he was fourth uh, in the uh, in the 10K. Joe Gray won that, but then they had the the Pepe Challenge, which was uh, a climb descent, uh, as many laps as you could do in a half hour. And Morgan won that, so congratulations to him. Um, and Mercedes, uh, his girlfriend ran as well and she did extremely well. It's, it's, it's been really gratifying to see her progress as well. So I love working with the two of them. Um, so, um, I am, I have to <laughs> call my cap on, uh, on runners right now. I am, um, kind of, uh, over my limit. Um, so I am calling my cap. I can still do individualized training plans. If you want a 12 or 16 week plan, uh, I can still do that, but I cannot accept individuals right now. Uh, just have, um, you know, more than enough athletes. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of everybody that I'm coaching. So, um, I have to hold off for now. Uh, Thad, as I said, is, is still, um, you know, looking to take on some athletes. So if you want more information on how to contact on any of this, it is on my website, mrrunningpains.com. So, uh, you can check out that all of the previous episodes, uh, podcast episodes and newsletters are all housed on my website as well. There are links, um, under the connect with me page. So if you go to the connect page, you'll see, um, where you can click on the link for podcasts or the link for newsletters and see all of those archived. Um, and there's also a search mechanism. So if you're looking for something specific, uh, you can search it. Uh, and, uh, as always, I want to thank you guys for the support, for listening, for downloading, uh, for liking, sharing all of that good stuff. And always, always, always thank you to my Patreon supporters. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I've started posting some new videos to the new, to the YouTube channel. Uh, that's, uh, Aaron Saft is my YouTube channel. Uh, posted another, um, core routine the other day and got a few more videos that I'm working on and in progress. So, um, those are up there. Uh, and then, uh, my goodness, uh, July newsletter will be coming up and out before we know it. Um, I hope everybody's well, doing well, enjoying their summer, getting in some great training. Um, my next episode will be with Brandon Whistler. Brandon just won the Warhammer 100. We've been working together for a little over eight months, and that was the culmination of his training, and he won it. Wow, I couldn't believe it. It was fantastic. What a great run to him. Can't wait for our conversation. Uh, that will be ne- next week's episode, so um, stay tuned for that. Until next time, keep running, my friends.